Paul Jennings Hill was a Presbyterian minister and an anti-abortion advocate who was 40 years old and had a habit of protesting at abortion clinics. But protesting never seemed to change the justice system in his favor, so he created an anti-abortion group, a radical one to scare off physicians who worked in women's health clinics. When that didn't work, Hill took it a step further and called for the killing of abortion doctors on radio shows and television programs. When that didn't work, he took matters into his own hands. And in July of 1994, Hill went to the Pensacola Ladies Clinic. He shot and killed Dr. Britton, as well as two other people. On the other hand, there's Chester Wenger, a Mennonite pastor. He made national headlines years ago after he wrote a letter to his church and his community. When same-sex marriage was legalized, his gay son asked if he would officiate his marriage. Chester Wenger gladly accepted. After the wedding, he wrote another letter, and he arguably made him one of the most famous and celebrated men of that year. It's worth reading at length. He advocated that the church become more accepting of the LGBTQ community. As you can imagine, he received blistering attacks for what he did. Chester Wenger was relieved of his pastoral duties and excommunicated from his church. to the Big Green Discoveries, podcast hosted by a college student. Every episode, I want to talk about the past, the people who have impacted our world, and sometimes it will require more than a conversation. This is part two of a two-part series about the role religion plays in our daily lives. Previously, we talked about the rise of the religious right and their involvement in Trump's 2016 victory. In this episode, I want to talk about psychology. So here's the first puzzle. Do human beings need religion? And if so, then how honest are we with our beliefs? I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You will have four answers from which to choose from. Okay, ready? What religion offers me most is comfort when sorrows and misfortune strike. A, I definitely disagree. B, I tend to disagree. C, I tend to agree. D, I definitely agree. Here's a second question. My religious beliefs are what really lie behind my whole approach to life. A, this is definitely not so. B, probably not so. C, probably so. And D, definitely so. The previous questions were handpicked from the Religious Orientation Scale questionnaire. This questionnaire was first used by two Harvard professors in 1967. They were trying to answer the following question. What cognitive style allows an individual to be both pro-religious and highly discriminatory? By cognitive style, they're referring to two types of religious orientations, intrinsic and extrinsic. To put it simply, intrinsic-oriented people tend to use religion as a means to itself that would suggest they have a profound connection to God. On the flip side, an extrinsic-oriented individual uses their religion as a means to an end. The clearest analogy was given by a clergyman when he said, and I quote, Some people come to church to thank God, to acknowledge His glory, and to ask for His guidance. Others come for what they can get. Their interest in the church is to run it or exploit it rather than to serve it. We basically uh, speak of two major orientation, religious orientations. So we have uh, so-called intrinsic orientation where religion is treated as a central motive in your um, life. So it's, it's um, sort of an internalized motive, which is central for uh, your daily life. And it's really something like, like the most important factor that you um, carry with you to, to the different dimensions of your life. Pavel Lewicki has studied this concept for a long time. He's a professor at the University of Warsaw in Poland. I came across his work a while back, so I emailed him and he was willing to meet over Zoom. 
So that would be the intrinsic um, orientation. And then we also have uh, extrinsic uh, religious orientation, uh, which is uh, more closely related to uh, using religion as something uh, more instrumental. So uh, we sometimes say that it's uh, religion as means um, to some other goals, right? So uh, we use religion to... Uh, get ourselves in the community uh, or to get some personal benefits. Uh, the, the reasons can be uh, very um, um, broad, but uh, in general, it's, it's all about uh, using religion for some other uh, aims. Um, and sometimes we also speak about the third um, religious orientation, which is an orientation where you are not sure about your religious belief. Uh, so it's, it's all about searching for uh, the religious meaning. It's sometimes also um, an orientation that we uh, distinguish in, in psychology. The religious orientation scale questionnaire uses intrinsic and extrinsic worded items. The test gives score values on a scale of one to five, with one indicating the most intrinsic response and five the most extrinsic. If you answered, I definitely agree to what religion offers me most is comfort when sorrows and misfortune strike. This will correspond to score five. On the other hand, if you picked definitely so too, my religious beliefs are what really lie behind my whole approach to life. This will correspond to score of one. Yeah. And one thing I also found very interesting is that the fact that you tried to, in your paper, to relate emotional intelligence to these two types of religious orientations. And how, first of all, how do you actually, as a psychologist, how do you actually define emotional intelligence? And how does that relate to uh, the religious orientations? Sure, yeah. So, so emotional intelligence is a, a popular concept in, in recent years. But uh, as we uh, define it in, in psychology is that we uh, typically speak uh, of emotional intelligence as a set of emotional abilities uh, that serve to uh, regulate um, to manage uh, your emotions. Uh, so this can have uh, various components or various um, parts, but uh, it's uh, first of all, it's it's about how you uh, how well you perceive emotions, uh, how how good you are at distinguishing different emotional states. Uh, but it's also about using emotions. Uh, so using emotions to facilitate your um, uh, thinking, using emotions to um, navigate in the social life. Um, so also about regulating your own emotional state. Uh, this all can be um, uh, seen or regarded as, as, as a part of emotional intelligence. If I were uh, one of your participants in the study and I came to you and I said, here, I am ready to take this test, what would you have me walk through? And what would we have, what kind of test or questions would I be facing? Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, so we were giving um, our participants a, a set of um, cognitive tasks that they have to kind of solve, like, uh, like a little problems they have to solve, but all the problems were related to some emotional content. So these were different things, but we were asking like in a specific situations, what would be uh, the most uh, suitable emotional re reaction? That's one, one type of, the, of, of a question. Um, um, sometimes we were also asking, we were giving a description of um, a certain 
um, emotion evoking uh, situation. And we were uh, asking participants to imagine what kind of emotions uh, this kind of situation might induce in them or might provoke, right? Um, so these were things like this. Uh, and then um, after this part, uh, we were asking them to uh, tell us uh, a bit about their uh, personal experiences uh, with religion. Uh, so we were um, giving them some questionnaires to fill, um, asking about their um, attitudes towards religion, right? So we were asking uh, if they are um, yeah, using their religion to, to accomplish some other goals or if they are treating it really seriously as something internally um, uh, important uh, and also some other um, personal um, or, or demographic questions that we asked uh, later on. Yeah, and so when going back to that point you just made uh, just now, when you said you asked questions that, are the questions specifically directed to knowing whether or not they were using religious as religion as some external goal or internal goal? Is that yeah. the, the questions are specifically asking that or they're leading to that conclusion? It's uh, they're more leading to the conclusion that you are using religion in one or the other or treating religion uh, in one or the, or the other way. So it's not asking specifically about this, yeah. but we are we are asking questions like, uh, okay, um, my religion uh, is important for me uh, because it uh, gives me a sense of uh, a place in my community, things like this. Or we are asking, like, I'm bringing my religion into all the things I do in my daily life. Uh, and so the, the participants has to um, respond to that, if they agree or not with uh, this kind of questions. And then uh, it leads us to getting their uh, their view uh, on the religious orientation. And another thing that's extremely important about your study is, and you divided it into two, essentially. In the first part, you're just looking at the correlation between just any kind of religion to emotional intelligence. And then in the second part, you actually divided up the religion into specific religions, with Catholics being the majority. Now, were you expecting different results among different religions or something similar? Uh, yes, yes. So um, I think it's it's important to mention the context. So we were, uh, I come from Poland, and we were doing this research in Poland. So uh, Poland is is a country with a predominant religious group is, is Roman Catholic uh, Church, right? So we have uh, like about probably 80% of Roman Catholics uh, among the religious people in Poland uh, altogether. So um in, in the first group, we 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 just look at the you know just just their self identification as as a religious person and whether this is related to um, emotional intelligence. But then um, concerning that, uh, the, the the majority of religious uh, religious people in Poland are Roman Catholics. We wanted to explore. Uh, this group in particular more deeply. So uh, we have um, we have Roman Catholics, and we also have a small proportion of Protestants, which we also included because that's what basically corresponds to the um, religious landscape in Poland. In the beginning, I told you two different stories. One about a Mennonite pastor advocating that his church be more welcoming of the LGBTQ community. The other about an anti-abortion advocate who shot and killed an abortion doctor. 
So what does Pavel Lewitsky's research tell us about these two people? They follow the same Christian God, yet one of them is more flexible on a particular doctrine. Uh, basically, we found that um, the intrinsic religious uh, religiousness uh, was not significantly related to emotional intelligence. Uh, the, the link was not, not significant. Um, but we found that emotional intelligence was negative negatively related uh, to extrinsic religious orientation. Uh, so there might be something um, that's uh, something that drives the, the, the emotional intelligent people uh, away from uh, this kind of extrinsic uh, religious motivation, right? But but at the same time, we did not find uh, the, the the significant link for intrinsic religiousness, and that's kind of uh, interesting concerning the previous literature. I think it's interesting because you would think that somebody, because due to the literature, you would think that somebody who was emotionally intelligent would fit more in the intrinsic category. But here, we don't really see that. It's just they're just out there within their own category, in a way. Yeah, 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 I, I definitely agree. I mean, just looking at, um, you know, this internalized form of religion, uh, it, uh, it seems reasonable to expect that uh, these people will uh, also have at least certain amount of emotional intelligence. Like, it, it, it probably uh, needs... Uh, some emotional regulation skills to be able to uh, really internally uh, get involved into in, in, in the religion. So, so that was also something we uh, expected in the beginning. Um, yeah. So, just what you said uh, just now, would you? So, you would assume that these people who are emotionally intelligent haven't reached this specific threshold, artificial threshold, to truly be intrinsic, but they're not extrinsic as well. Uh, yes, yes. Um, so I think that um, we might not um, get the difference, I mean, the relationship between uh, intrinsic uh, religion and uh, emotional intelligence, uh, because m- maybe the... the, the mm, of the specificity of our sample. Uh, so, so maybe, uh, you know, these people that we, uh, that were taking part in our studies were uh, at least at certain level of the emotional intelligence and this differences between the, the participants in this group were not such so big to, 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 to be observed in, in our, um, in our study. Uh, but at the same time, we, we did observe that, um, uh, that uh, the the emotional intelligence was was negatively related to to, to being extrinsic, right? So uh, we we think of this as as a sign that um, emotional intelligence might be a um, a protective uh, sort of factor uh, because. What's important to mention is that um, extrinsic religious orientation uh, it, it may it, it may seem that it's uh, an attractive option, right? Because we we, we use religion uh, in order to uh, achieve some other goals, right? It, it may um, sound as something uh, useful, right? But uh, but actually, uh, psychological research uh, shows that. Um, 
being um, uh, religious in this extrinsic way is uh, is linked with uh, a lot of disadvantages, right? So it's linked with uh, uh, lower well-being, with some depressive symptoms, uh, with anxiety. Uh, so all sorts of negative things uh, are related with uh, with being extrinsic. And what we observe is that um, emotional intelligence. Uh, yeah, as I told you, I, I, I think that it might be a uh, a factor that is um, protecting us uh, against this uh, sort of negative uh, religiosity. Yeah, I think one of my favorite lines from your uh, research was in the discussion section. I think it's worth quoting at length because you write that, in contrast, people with lower emotional skills may also lack certain minor reading skills. And thus, if they do become religious at all, it is likely to take the form of extrinsic orientation, which treats faith as a means to certain goals. And then you skip, and I skip paragraph, but it goes on to say, one can then presume that people with low emotional intelligence are somehow unable to develop a sincere disinterest uh, in God. Now, I was wondering, so if somebody were to be extrinsically oriented towards religion, or this is, you were basically essentially saying that I'm necessarily sincere about where they stand in regards to religion, just using it as a means to some external goal. It's not a sincere practice. Yes. I mean, uh, at least we can uh, suspect that, uh, in a sense, it's not really sincere, right? Because... Uh, it's, it's all about using it in an instrumental way, right? Uh, it's uh, it's good for me because it gives me some uh, relief, or it's good for me because it helps me to establish myself in the society, or something like this. So uh, it it has a value, uh, but it's uh, rather rather instrumental, right? It, it's 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 some it's worth something uh, in, in my life, but uh, because of some some other goals, right? And um, and it, it is in a certain contrast with. Uh, with this internal um, approach to toward religion, right? Because uh, when you treat religion as something internally uh, valuable, internally um, uh, important, uh, it's uh, it's important no matter uh, what, right? It's it's important even if it's uh, socially unaccepted, right? Even if you are a, a member of a minority, a minority group uh, in, uh, in 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 the religious context or, or something like this. So, um, so yeah, I, I guess that there there is something um, not very sincere uh, in terms of extrinsic orientation and their approach to, toward religion and belief. Yeah. So, what about the 2016 election? I gave Professor Lovitsky a quick recap of the previous episode. Why did 81% of white evangelicals vote for Trump? That was the big question. And the answer had something to do with abortion. And I asked him what he thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, not, it's not an easy question, but um, yeah. uh, of course. But um, I guess that it boils down to whether you are trying to... Um, to keep your beliefs, let's say, for yourself, or whether you are trying to uh, to preach, uh, to uh, to to spread them for 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 other people, right? And um, I guess it, it may be uh, it may be true that um, you know some people are 
they have a sincere belief or their religious uh, belief is, is kind of uh, strong and firm. Uh, but at the same time, uh, they are more open and more liberal in a sense that they allow other people to have their own mind, right? Yeah. Um, so... Um, it's it's possible, but at the same time, uh, we we have people who uh, are more willing to spread the uh, the gospel to try to uh, you know uh, just persuade other people uh, that their belief is um, uh, the only one um, uh, right, the, the only one that should be followed, uh, and in, in, in the psychology of religion. Uh, we talk about these people, we, we, we call them fundamentalists. Uh, so we call uh, these kind of people as, as uh, fundamentalistically religious. Uh, so, um, so fundamentalism uh, is, is all about two things. So one thing is that you have this strong, really um, firm conviction that your sacred um, uh, teachings are uh, correct; that they are, uh, they, they cannot be wrong in any way. So that's the first thing. And the other thing that is in the fundamentalism is that uh, because of this, because of this very strong conviction of yours, uh, you are really trying to sort of fight for uh, your uh, worldview, right? Because um, it gives you this um, kind of um, feeling or sense that um, there is just the one uh, way, uh, the, the one truth, and it's your truth, of course, or the truth of your religion, and you have to spread it. You have to um, kind of persuade other people um, uh, to, to, to believe in the same uh, set of uh, scriptures or the same set of truths, and uh, you treat them um, uh, literally. So uh, it's uh, it's um, believed uh, that um, it's a word of God, and it's uh, it's literal, right? So it's uh, exactly as it's written in the in the Bible or in other sacred um, texts, and uh, you have to follow it very carefully. Otherwise, uh, it's 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 not worth it, right? Uh, the, there is uh, some research showing that uh, fundamentalist people they uh, score uh, high on the in intrinsic uh, orientation. So, um, uh, so you know, in terms of their um, description about intrinsicness of religion, I think these people may not be very different. So, uh, you know, uh, people who truly believe, uh, uh, you know, uh, regardless of whether uh, they are more fundamentalist or more open-minded, if they truly believe, I, I think they're going to score highly on intrinsic um, uh, or an intrinsic religious orientation because it's, it's actually something that they internalized, something that is really... Um, uh, internally important for them, but uh, I guess that the difference between them is is not uh, about how they treat religion because they uh, they they seem to to treat religion internally both of them, but um, I think that the, the 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 most important distinction between these two is in 
how they interpret the religious teachings. So, you know, sometimes we say that this more uh, open-minded religious believers, they um, treat religion more symbolically. Uh, So uh, they read religious scriptures, they they, um, follow them, but they treat it as as a, a kind of a, um, symbolic uh, teaching, right? As a metaphor, as, as a um, text that should be uh, interpreted, uh, uh, you know, uh, every single time in, in a new way. Uh, but um, uh, fundamentalists, on the other hand, um, they treat their sacred, uh, the sacred um, texts very literally. So they just uh, think that, you know, it's the word of God as it's written, and uh, you know, no matter when or who or you know how uh, we are uh, trying to to read it, it, it's it's always the same content and it's always uh, the same truth. And you know, this this really gives gives us the the, the sense that you know one uh, one group of of people uh, you know who treat it symbolically can be more open minded. Um, and more open to other perspectives, uh, whereas you know treating this very uh, literally and rigorously, uh, it really gives no space for different interpretations. So it also does not give much space for other worldviews in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, another question: Do you think there's a possibility to be both intrinsic and extrinsic at the same time? Mm-hmm. That's that's an interesting question. So it, it seems that uh, these two uh, dimensions are sort of uh, exclusive. Like it's it might be difficult to be intrinsic and extrinsic at the same time. But um, actually, uh, I, I've heard of some research that um, shows that. Uh, when your uh, levels of religiosity are uh, low in general, like you, you are not uh, really religious, uh, then the two dimensions might seem closer together. So if, if this topic is not really very important for you, sometimes you may think of it as more internalized, sometimes as something more extrinsic. But when the religiosity of people is higher in general, uh, that's where the distinction happens. So when you, are, when you become more interested in religion, more engaged in religion, uh, then there, there is a probably the, the moment when you uh, either go the intrin- intrinsic way or the extrinsic way. Uh, so you either you know engage in, in, in the religion uh, because it can bring to you something good, or you start to engage in religion uh, because you 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 really uh, believe that it's internally um, you know valuable and uh, uh, and important. Mm-hmm.